Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. And we hope that you enjoy today's episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to Passion and Purpose. Got day two with J.O. as always. Cameron Doolittle is here with us, and we're talking about money. And uh, we had a great talk last week about being content, uh, living simply, living within our means. That key scripture in uh, Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. This is Jesus talking, that we're to seek the kingdom, seek him, the king, and he will provide for us. So we're not yeah. living out of fear, we're living by faith, yeah. and now we need to know, God, how do we live, mm-hmm. right? So um, we talked a little bit about that. So my encouragement to all of you guys is, you wanna hear last week's if you didn't, if you're just jumping in with us, and we're working with a little framework, live simply, work diligently, give generously. So I wanna jump right in to working diligently. So one of the misnomers, when Laura and I first started um, off in, in our marriage, uh, we felt called to make some radical steps to, for, uh, by the Holy Spirit, His leadership. And because of that, there were some deep consequences. So we felt that we were to sell everything and move into the inner city to relate to the poor after growing up middle class and Laura grew up a little more middle upper class, that something needed to change in our worldview and our adjustment. We also had made some uh, choices. We felt led by God to be in full-time ministry, but they didn't have a salary for us. So that presented a little challenge. (laughs) So uh, selling everything helped a little bit, but we also had some financial need. And out of that, we said, okay, um, do we tell people our needs or do we not or what do we do? And we felt specifically in that season to not communicate any of our needs and to see God work literally outside of our own ability in any area, whether it was our salary or lack thereof or whether it was our friends or networks. We felt like God said, let go of everything and let me show you that I'm your provider. Hmm. So, um, but in that we said, okay, so, but what are the values and the principles? And we said, okay, so we're gonna, we need to live within our means. We're not gonna go into debt, uh, no matter what comes our way. If God's calling us, then we gotta hang in there even when it's thin. Um, And then we need to be working diligently. So what does it mean? What does the Bible say about working hard? Even if we're not getting a human salary, God has a way of honoring the work of our hands. Yeah. because he's called us to be a worker with him. We are his co-laborers, his partners. And without the, the long teaching, um, you know, it says we're to work six days and rest one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we that's what we said. We said, all right, uh, we're going to work six days. And for us, that was uh, Monday through Saturday. Or really, excuse me, Monday th- uh, um, Tuesday through Sunday, excuse me. Monday was our one day off. But all those other days, they were filled mm-hmm. with Fruitful labor, diligent labor, costly labor. Like it wasn't easy for us. We were running a training school and we were working part-time jobs. I was mowing lawns and substitute teaching and we were working day and night, as Paul said, um, in order to be able to do the ministry God's called us to. So the the reason I bring all that up is to say, sometimes when people say I've called to live by faith, they, they don't pick up the diligent right. work piece right. 
and we start saying, hey, you're living by faith and trusting God, but you're not sowing anything into the field for God to grow, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's that reap and sow principle in Scripture. And we, we, we carry, picked up this little verse, the hand of the diligent will, will rule, but the slack hand will be put to forced labor. Mm-hmm. So we said, we're going to sow through our work and be diligent. We're going to trust God that he will then bear a harvest of whatever our needs are. And, but without the working diligently, we knew that we would be missing something of the economy of God and how That's he right. works. All right, pick it up from there. Yeah, okay. as you're saying that, Jamie, I'm thinking of Acts 20, kind of 32 yeah. through 35, where Paul is meeting with the Ephesian elders. He's encouraging him, his last words to them. And he says, hey, you guys know that with these hands of mine, I work to provide for my own needs and the needs of my companions. And mm. then I kept working so that I could help the weak. Mm. Yeah. And so we've got concentric circles, right? Where yeah. he's meeting his own needs. Mm-hmm. You can meet your own needs, mm. it's great. Yeah. God knows you have needs. Yeah. He gives you hands, you meet your own needs. And the needs of your companions, whoever it is you break bread with, right? Your, yeah. your family or those that are close to you. But then you don't stop there. You keep working so that you can meet yeah. the needs of, of the weak. Mm. Yeah. Beautiful, right. So there is, and, and Paul would work as a tent maker, and at times he was in full-time ministry where others provided for him. So it wasn't even a um, actual position that always was his provision, but it was his diligence and his faithfulness, and he was always using that to care for his own needs and those around him and and, and be, a, be a, a part of the provision yeah. even as God was providing for him. Yeah. Dan comments on that, Jay? Well, I mean, Cameron and I have talked about this at different times about because there can be in any church or parachurch setting the deal of I'm going to go, I'm going to stay here or I'm going to go to a different city, I'm going to go to the other side of the world and I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And sometimes it can be cloaked as uh, I'm going to hang, I'm going to hang and I'm going to do what you said, yeah. which is I'm going to, I'm going to live by faith. And it's like a partial deal where it's, I am living by faith. I'm seeking God. I'm seeking first the kingdom, but I'm not putting anything into the field. Anything you want to add? Because we, we've talked about this, this concept. It, say more about it. Yeah, just in terms of, hey, instead of I am hanging out in the coffee shop to, to meet people and doing what Jimmy talked about, whereas right. I'm also mowing the grass and I'm, I'm doing the part-time job, yeah. sometimes yeah. In, the, in different generations, not, there's, not a, there's not a fullness to that. Yeah, I mean, it, it seems that in... In modern missions, when people go different places, if there's not some kind of a job that you're doing, something that you're right. showing people that oh, I'm, I'm here, I'm a normal person. Different contexts are going to vary in yeah. different situations, but but yeah, if you're there working next to people, or when we see in the developing world, people go, come into a village, and they they have a profession, they have an sure. occupation that they take yeah. up, and they're selling, and that one puts them into contact with more people, and two right. makes them more relatable because yeah. if you're the person that just shows up and always has time to hang out with people all the time, then everyone kind of raises some, some questions in, sure. in many contexts, right? Yeah. And so that combination of, we always want to be sharpening our marketplace skills and yeah. we want to be sharpening our ministry skills, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That, that those that are in the marketplace, they need to find a place of ministry. Sure. Those that are in the ministry, often there's a marketplace skill that you can be honing and refining. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, can oh. I say, can I say yeah, this? Yeah. Our, some of our most fruitful, no, not some, our most fruitful <laughs> church planters from our team were not... Uh, I would say in the early years, it's not me or other, it was those that were what you're talking about. They were mm-hmm. in the marketplace, but they were also making disciples because yes. that was their vision because sure. that's what they had heard yeah. um, for years. So that, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. So so back to, we'll just kind of wrap this up because there's so many things that we could talk about. But 
What is so important is, do you have a work ethic? Yes. Do you have the understanding that I'm in partnership with God, I will be faithful, I will be diligent, that the work he's given me to do is as important? Paul said, whether I eat or drink, whatever I do, I do for the glory of God. So when we go to work, we go for the glory of God. Whether I'm a teacher, whether I'm a business person, or full-time vocational ministry, I have the same perspective. I will be faithful, I will be diligent, I will sow into the field, and therefore there is my provision. What I always said, if you are partnering with God and what he's called you to do with the right spirit and right work ethic, then the provision's always there. Yeah. And at times it may be a little, and at times it may be a lot, but we never have to worry mm. about provision when we are rightly sowing and mm. partnering with God. Mm. That's right. So there we go. Um, again, um, just wanna just say anything that stirs your heart, my encouragement always is go to the scripture. So I like working diligently, man, Genesis one, and then you start working your way through, you will see faithful labor from the teachings of Jesus to the teachings of Moses, mm. uh, et cetera, on through the scriptures, um, because God has made us his co-labors, co-partners for his glory, and there's a way to do that that, that honors him. So let's, let's shift now, generous giving, right? Uh, giving generously, and this is a huge piece um, to uh, dealing with our heart related to money. Uh, so I'm gonna let you just take off, Cam. <laughs> yeah, the generous generosity can be such a source of joy. I yeah. talk with people all over the world about you know, what's the most fun you've ever had with money, and when they really think about it, it's usually a time that they took something mm. and gave it to someone else, mm. some opportunity that they had to bless somebody else. Yeah. Because you can just feel that you could have spent that on yourself. You yeah. could have uh, chosen to consume it, and instead you chose to give it away, and. At that moment, it also became treasure that you have in heaven. That, yeah. that, that's stored yeah. for you forever. Huge. That's an incredible investment that you get to hold on to. Totally. The things that we keep here, we, we don't get to keep. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Jordan, give an example of on the giving end or the receiving end, or you've seen the power of generosity mm-hmm. transform somebody's life. I'll just use a, a personal story. I've said my back deal with you know materialism. The Lord uh, led Christy and I in our second year marriage, so newlyweds, early 20s, uh, to give away everything that, not that we took in together, but everything that I made that year doing all these part-time jobs. And we were in unity in it, and like, like what Cameron is saying, it was amazing because we started, you know, we would stockpile money and then a need came up in the community. We were able to buy a person a car. We've never been able to do that yeah. since that time. But right. the joy piece, and we still go back to that, not as a badge or like, look at this, but as the, this is, this is exciting. Like yeah. seeking the Lord. God is going to lead us in different ways. But that's one where we've seen personal transformation, but then also transformation of a community in sewing, sewing that up. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Man, uh, you guys have seen the Peloton bike out there. Yeah, yeah, I was looking. Yeah, yeah. At, I, I like to bike, and man, but the Peloton. I was looking at this, and I kept thinking, man, I, I can save up, and I can get this. And so I'm kind of saving up my money for my my Peloton. And uh, and a friend of mine from Ethiopia says, you know, hey, we got this guy, and he's a really effective disciple maker. But if we could just get him a little money, you know, so the Peloton is going to be about two thousand right. dollars. And he's like, man, if we could just get this guy a little money, then he could go out and <laughs> he could really start planting some churches and do some stuff. And I said. 
so I kind of knew what the answer was going to be, right? Well, how much, how much money is this going to, you know, is it going to be? Like, well, it's about $2,000 for the year. Uh, there, it there it is. There it is. So there's, there's my Peloton. And so, you know, Carolyn and I prayed about it and realized, hey, okay, we, we, we got to do this, right? We got, we got. And so this guy, Tofik, uh, gets sent out. And, uh, and so 18 months goes by and we're like, oh, praise God, we get to, you know, help send out Tofik. And of course, he's the one doing the real work. We're just, you know, sending some, some money. Uh, and so time goes by, and I check in with my friend in Ethiopia. I say, hey, you know, Tofik, what happened with him? I said, oh, he said, oh, Tofik, I got to send you this. And so he draws on this big piece of whiteboard paper, you know, the big post-it paper. Yeah. Uh, here's Tofik in the middle, and then all the people that he's brought to Jesus, and then all mm. the people that they brought to Jesus. And the ones that are in red on this big diagram are those sheikhs. People yeah, who yeah. are Muslim sheikhs in those in those villages that he's seen, and there's a whole cluster spiritual of leaders. sheikhs, spiritual right. leaders, yeah, mm-hmm. imams like uh, that have come to know Jesus. And so over the 18 months, it was 180 people that this guy had brought into the kingdom. And it turns out that's better than me having a peloton. <laughs> like, that's a happier thing than right. Like, like that, that, that's incredible. Wow. I can't believe that God would use wow. that you know relatively small sacrifice. Yes. To yeah. To do that, to bring that many people. It's just awesome. So awesome. Yeah. Wow. I mean, uh, just so many. I just, this conversation, if you, if, if I've never um, been a part of something where we didn't give generously, where our joy didn't increase. Mm. Yeah. We're like, oh, what a know. It may have started off like that. Oh, no. (laughs) It started off, maybe you got to get over the hump here emotionally, but uh, when we let it go to see the fruit of it, right? Yeah. At least the joy in the other person's life, at the very least, if not an abundant provision for them to be used to the Lord. I'll, yeah. I'll throw in one little modification. There. Yeah. Jim, we, we got to talk when we spoke together in, in church yeah. a while back um, about trustworthy organizations. Yeah. Right? People do get burned when they give. Yes. Right? right. And so yeah. sure. that can happen. You, yeah. you might give from a generous heart, yeah. but you can increase the likelihood that yeah. you're going to have that joy by giving to trustworthy yes. organizations. Yeah. And so when I see people get burned, and I've met sure. three people around the world who have confessed to me, yeah, yeah, I used to be generous and now I'm not. Right. And in each case, it was because they got burned on something. Yeah. And so press through that, yes. right? but maximize the likelihood that mm. it's going to work yes. out well mm. by finding trustworthy organizations that yep. are transparent with their finances as Antioch is and, yeah. and so on. Yeah, so let, let me just say something about that again, of course. We, if you're if you've given consistently through the years, all of us have been burnt, yes. right? So I've been yes. burnt, you've been burnt, everybody has. Um, what I what what the the joy of it is, I am giving unto the Lord, yes, and they're accountable to God for how they handle. Right. Now I need to wisely say, is this a right investment, Lord? What That's do right. you feel about? That's I need right. to ask God about my giving, but once I give it. It's for the glory of God. Yeah. So if we believe that I'm storing up treasure in heaven, I got my treasure in heaven. That's true. They got their accountability in heaven for yeah. what they did with that. Yeah, what right? you did for the least of these, you did for me. Yeah, right? God yeah. God will deal with them appropriately, yeah, but right. I don't have to worry about that. That's right. And one of the ways that I think that we um, keep that disillusionment out um, is by giving consistently to smaller things mm. that we know are more meaningful. Mm-hmm. So let me give an example. You know, we all could talk about big money we've given for bigger events, but I find that the small stuff is what keeps me joyful. Mm. Um, and um, example, be a single mom. We, you know, we did this the other day in church where we have people come to the front. We hand money to people, and we just trust God with it. Right? It's a very faith uh, experiment, but we found uh, incredible fruit from it. Mm-hmm. 
first time we did this, people came to the front for need and a lady that I knew that had a lot of needs and um, uh, somebody came up and gave her $25 and prayed over her and she was so excited. But she, at the end of the service, she came up and she said, Pastor Jimmy, um, I'm just so grateful. She was in tears for this $25, but her need for the week was $20. So she gave me $5 she wow. said, obviously wow. I don't need all of this. Would you give it to somebody else and need the next service? Awesome. Now I know people that have given $20 million to something, mm -hmm. but I got greater joy out of the lady who gave five out of her 25, Total. right? Because of the, the beauty of, she understood it. She got it. God yeah. provided for me. I don't, I have yeah. a surplus. Yeah. So pass it on, you know? That's right. um, another deal was a single mom came up uh, during these kind of one of these giving moments and we gave her uh, some money and she came up and saying, I don't have diapers for my kids. I've got these issues going on in life. So they pray for her and a lady runs out to the car and gives a bunch of diapers to her. And maybe I think the, uh, actually I read this, read the story that they read to make sure I got it right. There were $150 in cash and then some diapers. And then the person with the diapers had the, the thought, do you know Jesus? And she said, I don't. I just came with a friend. And you guys said somebody has need go to the front. Hmm. Here I am. What do I do? And they and they were able not only to share the gospel, lead her to the Lord. She was with us for many years after that because giving unlocks the heart. Yeah. Not just a provision. It's yeah. not just tangible mammon uh, or money. It is it is it unlocks the heart for salvation, as you yeah. shared so beautifully on the multiplication of that resource. Yeah. But I find that giving daily generously, so, so back, back to ways that we give. We give systematically. So for Laura and I, it's always been 10% to the local church because this is where we serve, this is where we care for people, etc. That's just what we did. I don't say that because I'm a pastor. I did that before I was a pastor, etc. So that's ours. Then we always said, hey, we want to at least do another, remember this is a description, not a prescription mm -hmm. for us. Another 10% to missionaries around the world, people doing work of God here locally around the world. And then we said another 10% for the poor or for whoever. So that was our systematic approach. It doesn't have to be that. Yours could be 10%, 15%, whatever it is. But find your system mm -hmm. and then everything is the Lord's, right? So I've got systematic giving and then I have hilarious whatever God wants to do with my resources so it keeps us free and people say well you're only man then then you're only working off 70 percent of your income I thought no 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 that 30 percent that I invested is working off a hundred percent return so I actually am far outweighing anybody who's living off just a hundred percent I'm living off way more than a hundred percent because that 70 is blessed by God mm -hmm. you have any other thoughts on yeah. that yeah, praying and asking the Lord what that what that what right is, amount is yes. right. So what's for what's for me and what's yeah. for me to share? He Absolutely. loves to give generously to his children. Yeah. He's a generous yeah. dad, and he puts some in our hands that is for someone else. Yeah, and we yeah. just need to ask him what's for me and what's yes. for me to share. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you that there are the more that we can have those allocations. Yeah. Once he prompts us, yeah. the Spirit's going to prompt us. Yeah. Sometimes he's going to uh, prompt us to make a plan yeah other times he's going to prompt us hey here's a specific need exactly. with the diapers in my car right exactly and yeah. so we just want to be attentive to both that yeah. he's not mostly moving through uh these moment by moment things yeah. where you're supposed to give twenty dollars here twenty dollars sure. there he's mostly going to be moving through how do you plan your budget out yes. and set aside yeah. so that then when the opportunity comes you can yes. give but he'll also prompt you in some beautiful and and moment in the moment ways wow hey so much we could say we got to wrap it up 
but let me just back to we talked about resources. Uh, Cameron had a message at Antioch Waco um, uh, YouTube channel uh, on uh, giving. And we have a realign course and realign book and different things. And there's so many great resources out there. But what I would say is make sure whatever resource you choose that it's Jesus centered, yeah. it's biblically centered, and that it is radical mm. and not just cultural. Mm. How about that? Jesus, right. Bible, radical, <laughs> and you're going to come and land in a good spot. Mm. All right. Thank you, Lord, for our friends. Thank mm-hmm. you for everything that you're doing in our midst. And we ask God for everybody listening, would you just set us free? Um, from the God of mammon and set us free to be your children for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmysibert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.